This episode is dedicated to my dad, Johnny Clayton, who passed away on the 17th of Feb. Dad, this one's for you. Welcome to another episode of the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design. Grab a cuppa and join your hosts, Glyn Dewis and Dave Clayton. And welcome back to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws. Yes, we're coming back for more. Episode four. Uh, this week, we've got a really good friend of ours as our first proper guest on the show. Um, he's a photographer based in San Diego. His name's Alan Hess. Uh, we've known him for a good few years, but he's a really great guy. And we're going to be finding a lot more about him later. Now, before we jump into the interview, I just want to do a little bit of show admin. So I'm just going to say, firstly, good evening, Glenn. Oh, I was just drinking me whiskey then. Hello, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, mate. Um, cool, yeah, as you said, we're now on episode four. We've had a good, I think we've had about 2,000 downloads now. We are, show, I am super brilliant. happy, mate. Look at these figures now. So it's uh, it's great getting lots of comments coming through on social media, a few emails yeah. as well. So yeah, things are looking good. Yeah, so thanks, everybody. We really appreciate it. Now, in with regards to thank yous, uh, first we're going to announce our two book winners so, cool. as you know, Rocky Nook have uh, been sponsoring the show, and we had a couple of signed copies of Alan's book, uh, which is an enthusiast guide to, I think it's Night and low-light photography. Low light photography. Yes, jinx. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and our winners are, and we thank you for your feedback on social media, are Craig Sperring. So if you can contact us on social media, Craig, and also Wildsmith Photography. So both of you have won a book, and I'll be well sending done, it folks. out to you once you've given me your, your details. Um, also, we want to thank, obviously, Rocky Nook for supplying the books and for sponsoring the show. Now, both myself and Glyn and Rocky Nook are going to be at the photography show in March, between the 17th and 20th of March. But, yeah, we'll all be there for four days, so Glyn will be teaching... Yeah, I'm on the live on the stage. Enter. The stage that you look after, I'm on that yes. on a Saturday. Yeah. So I want, I want a good year. intro. I'm the gaffer. <laughs> <laughs> You'll do what you're told. Um, and also another little thing that some of you might have seen on social media, which we're really excited by, is we've actually got some merch for the show. And I want to thank jackprints.com in America for this because they've been really helpful. We're going to get some notebooks made that... When you hold it up on the front side, it will say, he shoots, photography notes. If you flip the book over, it says he draws, I think these are genius. These are great. Two books in one. I know, killer. And we're going to get some stickers done as well. So we're not going to get them till April because um, I'm going to pick them up when I go out to a show in April time and before I go to Kelby One. But yeah, we'll have some merch. So there'll be more details on that soon. But uh, without further ado, I'm going to pass you over to Glyn. Yes, brilliant. Our guest. I cannot wait to get this out of here. So, uh, folks, I want to introduce you to a great friend of ours. We call him one of our other brothers from another mother. He is a super, super guy. I think we've known Alan now roughly eight years or so, Dave. Yeah, he is. He is a working photographer, and I stress the word working. This guy puts the hours in. He was talking before. He's a proper grafter. We were talking before we actually started recording this, and he was telling us that this week alone, I think he said he'd done eighty hours 
shooting yeah. all kinds of different things for concerts ice hockey you name it this guy is working really really hard so there's lots of stuff that he's going to share with you uh we're talking about social media dealing with the ups and downs as a photographer i mean what the hell do you do when you've got no work coming in alan's going to talk about that there's so much i want to talk uh, he's going to talk you through i think those of yeah. you who are involved in the business side of photography you're going to get a hell of a lot from this so without further ado let's introduce you to alan so alan who are you I, I'm a photographer. Um, I'm an author. I've done a little bit of uh, teaching and training, um, but mainly I am. I, I call myself a photographer. It's actually the thing I enjoy doing the most. Um, I've written a couple of books, and uh, a couple of books, Alan. Come on, how many books have you really written? Come on. Uh, I'm working on number sixteen. <laughs> yeah, okay, wow. so a couple. So right. I, 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 I feel be... so insignificant now. <laughs> well, sixteen over how many years, Alan? Uh, it's been about eight years, so it's, it's it averages out about two a year. Wow. That that was kind wow. of the um that was kind of what I was originally kind of I liked that schedule. It's it's slowed down a little bit recently. Um, I started to do more um, work that uh, conference work and event work that people don't really see very often. Um, I'm mainly yeah. known for my concert photography. That's the um, that's kind of the, uh, the the specialty that I I push and promote more than anything else. It's what I enjoy yeah. doing the most as well and it pays the least amount of money so for yeah <laughs> so and there's the most rules and regulations yes. for doing it as well because right. that's how i met you the first time i met alan was at photoshop world in 2010 and uh you were doing your pre-con your pre-conference at photoshop world for concert photography i think you were doing the pre-con and you were doing a class as well so that was the first time we met so i knew you as a photographer then Right. And then obviously learned, I probably had one of your books already, I think, and then started to realize you did obviously did the teaching and you do the books. But um, yeah, I mean, the concept photography, for those who, who haven't seen Alan's work, um, I was watching uh, something the other night and uh, somebody referred to you as, they were referring to your book, uh, Back- All Access, yeah. All Access, that they said, that, you know, Alan's written the book on concert photography he's the concert photographer's photographer so it was nice to hear that's how other people think of you but and it wasn't us saying it well i i, I do i pay you guys to say it you know <laughs> at least i didn't say you're the grandfather of, of concert photography that's how i feel a little bit so obviously one one thing we said to our kind of, uh, I think it was maybe in the first episode, we said that what we don't want to do when we're sort of chatting to folks is to go through, um, you know, what do you do, what inspires you and all that kind of stuff, trying to get a different uh, bit of a slant on this. And we also said that the way that this podcast is going to run, because we, we didn't want to come across as those two grumpy old men on the Muppets, but we're all, you know, we're all human. There are things we love about this industry, and there are things we loathe about this industry. So, Dave, I wanted to kind of kick this off with Alan. Now that people kind of get mm. an idea, and we're going to give loads of links to his stuff and all that. But I want yeah. to get right into this now. And I want to say, right, Alan, on the spot, can you give us a th- one thing? Let's start off with a positive. <laughs> can you give us a thing? Give us something that what what is it that you actually love about the whole industry? It can be anything at all. But what do you love about this industry? I, right now, I, I think one of the really cool things is that the cost to entry is so low a lot of people will think that i'm I'm crazy for saying that and that there's so many people doing it it makes competition you know anyone can become a photographer because you can go in a store and buy a camera and pretty much right out of the box it'll do a good job of of 
capturing an image, but I, I think it's fantastic because when I started, it cost a fortune. I used to have to yeah. buy and develop film and, and every experiment actually cost me money. And um, nowadays, if you, if you want to go and try something, you can literally rent a camera and you can rent a lens and you can do it for a, you know, a couple of bucks and see if you want to do it and, and you know, enjoy it. And um, you don't need to invest uh, you know, you don't need to have some kind of massive investment in it. So I think it's opened mm. it up to everyone. Yeah. I think it's really cool. I think everyone can create, uh, you know, pretty good images. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I guess really then, you know, if obviously now you're saying that a great thing about it is that it's more accessible for people because it isn't such a massive investment as it used to be many years ago, as an author who's got 16 books and probably working on another, on another one, um, that's a good thing because obviously that gives you much more, much more of a market out there of people that are in the photography that are going to want to invest in, in, in books like the kind that you're writing, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't hurt. Um, I just, I never really think of it as, as how it is going to help me. Um, I, I think of it more as, uh, it was such a pain when I started out to, to learn to do some of this stuff that nowadays you can do it for cheaper. And I've always wanted to help people, you know, I never really thought of it as, as um, I know there's some people out there that's going to sound really weird, but they don't want to tell people the secrets of what they're doing because it's then they, <laughs> then they compete with them. You know, it's like there was a whole thing years ago. I remember uh, it was in the sports side of it where they were really upset that there were new people coming in and shooting yeah, sports. Yeah. And, and I get, you know, I get the same thing. People in the photo pit that they have no idea what they're doing. They're stumbling around. Um, but it doesn't. I never really thought of it as as being against me or or for me. It was just one of these things that it was kind of cool to see the the passion that you know new photographers coming and have. There's something that I, you know on the other side of what I loathe, because um, I know that's coming up next, and it's really tied in. I really hate seeing people who are jaded and just bored with what they're doing. There is nothing worse than standing next to a photographer who's complaining about what they're doing. And um, yeah. some of the events that I shoot, not not usually not the concert, but some of the press stuff, yeah, it's really boring. You sit around for a long period of time waiting for someone to show up, then they stand in front of you for five seconds, you get to take you know two or three pictures, and then they move on and everyone else gets the same shot. And it's boring, and it's not really very exciting, and yet I hear these photographers sit in the room where this is going on, and they're just moaning and complaining that they have to be there. And I'm like... Yeah, when, is, when it's a, it's a kind of... it's a it's an industry that they have chosen to be in. Right. <laughs> yeah. This happens a lot with um, this. There's a really little small event in San Diego every year. It's called the San Diego Comic-Con International. Some people might have heard of it. Never as, heard of yeah, it. Yeah, Comic-Con. What, what's, what's it about? Is it it's, it's a, it's <laughs> superheroes a, yeah, or something? It's a, little, it's a little, you know, it's a little um, thing where they have, you know, a few three quarters of a million people. people. dress up. You know, yeah, a little dress up. Yeah. They have, you know, Hollywood kind of showed up a couple of years ago and started taking over um, the press rooms and all these giant movies come out. And if you've looked in the movie theaters these days, all the movies are, the big movies are really based on comic books. Um, so we used to have people sitting around in the press rooms and they would just complain continuously. You would hear, oh, I can't believe I'm here again. I can't believe it's so boring. Parking was terrible. Traffic's horrible. I'm like, I got really excited. I'm like, we're going to get to photograph stars from movies in front of us. Yeah. How, how much better could it be? It got to the point where I actually now tried to, avoid press rooms and and the and the complaining because it's 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 tiresome if everywhere you go people are upset about your your career choice it just becomes you know a drag it just becomes a a, a real 
downer. Um, what do you think? What do you think is the thing that makes them feel like that? Is it just the like the hoops they have to jump through to do that job? Is is it is it become harder to do it because of restrictions, or do you just think they just like moaning about it because they've been in it too long and they don't like that things change? I think people like to complain. I think they, 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 I think they just like, I think, they, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the grumpy man who, you know, wants the kids off my front yard. I'm, you know, but, uh, and I, I, I love having a good, you know, complaining session. <laughs> you know, my, Tell I us about it. All three of us have had yeah. a few sessions yeah. like that. Right. I, 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 yeah. I mean, I think in your first episode you were, or even, you know, you were talking about that this is a conversation that you're having late in your hotel room at the end of a long day at a conference. I've actually sat in your hotel room at a long day at the end of a conference <laughs> and we've had this conversation. I mean, um, I, yeah. I came out to Max in Vegas last year with specifically just to see you guys for a day, you know, and literally so we cool. sat there and, and, and yeah, you know, talked about what we thought was going on. But uh, I think that some people lose a passion for it. It becomes a job and they have a really yeah. hard time getting over the, I've got to earn money and make a living from it compared to the real pleasure and passion they had when they first picked up the camera and they first, you know, took that picture. And um, I'm, I'm not a very artistic human being. Like if a, if you gave me a paintbrush, it, you know, I would, it would be horrible. The The outcome would look like, yeah. you know, um, a chimpanzee with a paintbrush would do a better job. Yeah. But a camera lets me create stuff in a, in a more scientific way because I, I can logically yeah. go through stuff and, and, and deal with it. So for me, it became a real eye opener in college when I picked up a camera and I took some classes and I was in a dark room and I was like, wow, I can, I can kind of create something and have a vision and have it be complete. And, you know, then turning it over to the digital side and, learning Photoshop and learning how I can actually like, oh, I have an idea and here I can create something. And I think a lot of the people who end up doing events and they're doing it over and over and over again, they kind of lose that. It just becomes this yeah. work and the work becomes boring. And after yeah. what, I, what I see with you is, I mean, it's just kind of backtracking a little bit on that as well, Alan, is that when we have all three of us have been at the same function together, you know, and there are other instructors. You are you are one of those people who genuinely um, enjoys what you're doing and you love it and like seeing other people moving on. Because when you're walking around, obviously there's attendees who are there to to learn, and in the break you're there talking to them for a good time and giving them plenty of your own time in between sessions and stuff. Whereas there are some instructors. They'll come out from the green room. They'll do their session, and you don't see them again until the next time they're doing a presentation. You're obviously you're yeah. you're not one of those people. Do you know what I mean? And that's I think that's, I mean, like attracts like. We kind of that's that's probably why we all get on so well because we've all got that pretty much that same mentality, haven't we? Well, well, I think it's very important to note that all three of us went to a lot of events as attendees. Yeah. Yes. I, I never. Yeah. I went to Photoshop World. It's a great example because it's where we all met. But I went to Photoshop World for the first time in 2002 when I was in San Diego as an attendee, and um, when I was invited back as an instructor in 2009, I think. Yeah, 2009. Um, I, I had all these plans. I had. I, I took out the schedule, and I'm going to go to this class, and I'm going to go to that mm, class. And I was. Yeah. I mean, I had li literally like other than the two hours I was doing something. I was like, oh, I'm going to. 
turned out that didn't quite work out the way I planned because, yeah, I started running into people in the hallways and then I'd sat down and we'd talk for an hour or two and I'd miss a class or two that I wanted to go to. But it was more important to have that conversation and to answer that question or to yeah. look at that portfolio or um, just to, to find out, what, you know, what was going on. I um, When I shoot music, originally I was told uh, by a publicist and a good friend of mine that I needed to stay out of the center of the photo pit because he wanted his musicians who were on stage to be able to pick up on the energy of the fans who were behind me. So in other words, yeah. I was going to, if I was in the way, I was going to disrupt the energy from the fans to the performer. There's a, there's a, there's a real energy there. And when I was yeah. started to teach, I realized that I was picking up as an instructor. I was feeding off of the energy of the people in the room. And I was feeding off of the attendees. Mm. And the more excited they got about it, the more excited I got about it, the more mm. the more exciting the whole process became. So when I'm when I was walking around and someone came up to me and said, Hey, I wanted to show you these pictures on my iPad because I took them and what do you think? I, I, yes, I'm going to stop. You know, we're going to sit down and have a conversation. We'll go through the pictures. You're excited about it. It makes yeah. me excited about it. Now I've got, you know, I'm getting all jazzed up about what's what's happening and what's going on. And the more people that are like that, the, the better off I feel, you know, back to that low I, I remember, I remember doing um, uh, your and Scott Deuce's pre uh, concert pre conference session that whole day, you know, the day when you do the concert photography. Yeah. I remember doing I did that. that as well, and I absolutely completely sucked. I really did. I mean, the way you were like working that camera. I mean, I, you know, your thumb was going like some little kid playing a Game Boy or something. It's incredible watching you working. I was so bad at that. So it was like hats off, complete respect. But what's what's great to hear is the fact that you know there you are saying that you come out of college, then you pick up a camera, you do in the dark room, and we're not going to say how many years ago was that, but you know it's a few years, and to hear you saying that you're really enjoying it is brilliant because we've all kind of we all come across people who are just nothing but moaning and groaning about the industry, and really, yeah, there's a lot to love about this, and there's a lot of you know, but you you keep yourself busy anyway, Alan. You you kind of photographing stuff for yourself when you're not being paid as well. You so you're so into this anyway. You you genuinely enjoy doing this, don't you? The photography. Yeah, I don't know how how long. I mean, I don't know how long it would be. Like Dave, you 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 draw stuff and design things. If you went for a yeah. week and you didn't design something, like if it's just like you spent an entire week and you were <laughs> you were you, you know at some point you're gonna pick up a pad and a piece of paper and you're just gonna be like yep. I'm gonna just knock out something for myself. And I, I know Glenn, you don't yeah. shoot events the way I do, but you know mm -hmm. if you went for like a week without you know taking the camera out and being like oh let me find someone to take a portrait of or let me yeah yeah work yeah. or let me at least plan yeah. on something after a while you start feeling like you're going crazy because when i when i'm not out photographing an event or something and i'm sitting at home and it's been a couple of days i'll just go watch the dogs play in the yard and take the camera or i'll go over to the zoo or i'll go down to the beach because i i need to have i need to have frames being taken i need to be looking at something and even if they're all crap or it's just something i'm playing with you know or working sometimes i'll have an idea for a book and i'm like oh or a section of the book i'm like all right i'm gonna try this and then i realize that uh, that didn't work at all mm, let me try something else and then i'll go out and i'll yeah kind of work the way my way through that it's how i learn a, a, you know a bunch of things but if i go three or four days and i haven't picked up my camera it's i'm it's probably Still crazy I have, I have the flu or <laughs> yeah. I'm sick or you know something's going on
Um, I think as well, another thing you, you picked up on that we've we've spoken about before is is kind of that old guard and and the new the new world that we're in with photography is there are a lot of photographers back in the day that would not share. It was like they had mm. a golden secret and, you know, got out if you got in their way. Whereas I think now, particularly for me over the last eight years, um, since I've got to know you guys and be part of Photoshop World, is like the new guard are the sharers. They've realised there is no point in holding it all close to your chest and having your... Because there are no secrets in photography. But by sharing, you open up, like you write books, you teach at events it's these people don't and they sit and wait for the phone to ring and then wonder why it won't and then whereas yourself you've you know you've evolved over eight years you've changed some of the ways you work the way you approach things and even when you said about um the things that you love and you said about being in the pit is a question i had for that was do you see do you think the entry like you said about the equipment's cheaper but as a concert photographer that is so uh, regimented with rules regulations do you still not worry about the youngsters because the entry level to get into where you get is still harder you still have to prove yourself it's, you can't just turn up at a rock concert with a camera and go let me in i've got a camera so that would be do, you, nice. do you find that that you know you don't mind sharing because you know it they can't just stroll up and take your job like that you know well, you've got to be good uh, i think they keep me honest i i think they keep me from being lazy um, mm-hmm. I, I remember sitting at Photoshop world, Oh, one of the ones in the middle and I was doing portfolio reviews and, um, I had this high school student come in and she was shooting concerts as a fan from the front row. She'd go in early, she'd go to general admission shows and she would, she had a little point and shoot, uh, um, and a, a decent point and shoot, but it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a DSLR. It didn't have all the lenses and her image was, were stunning. She just had a really natural eye for it, and I'm looking at these things, and I'm like, "Yeah, she's good. if she was next to me in the in the pit, and we were after the same job, I'd be I'd be I'd be really worried." But I'm Alan, Alan, was that the same portfolio review session when I had the guy who disagreed with everything I suggested? <laughs> yes, it, yes, it was. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. You were you were over. You were off to my left, and I could hear that conversation going on too. That was one of the. the I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I get the feeling uh, he didn't want me to give a critique. I, I, he just wanted people, me to tell him how good he was. You know, some people that's that's the that's the way they they they, they roll. That that's a that was one of the most amusing conversations I ever I will never forget that. that. But um, <laughs> I, and I want to, I'll touch on that in a second, but I just, this, for me, having someone in the photo pit who is working and really trying and hard and going after it makes me work and look for new angles and try to, you know, figure out how can I get better every time. Yeah. I think resting on what you did in the past is, is great, but it's, you know, it's like, oh, you can be really proud of what you did in the past, but it's not going to help you um, unless you keep growing to what you're going to do in the future. You know, you have, yeah. you have to kind of you have to kind of do that. Um, and one of the ways that you can do that is by a portfolio review or have someone you trust look at your images and go give you a, a really blunt critique. And if you do that to someone and, and you're looking at their images and you go, hey, you know what, that'd be really cool. But if you cropped it a little bit like this. It, you know th- that'd be a little more impactful what you want to say at that point is is yeah that's really good advice no instead of no this is really what i was going for and and your advice is 
is not warranted. Um, Even I've noticed I've started criti- I've started giving advice on concert photography because <laughs> I I sat in your class I did your pre-con and now when I've spoken to because um, obviously my my older brother's in a band and he's got a photographer that's going around with him at the moment and he's getting some really good shots but I'm sitting there going yeah well you know when he make make sure he never crops the guitar and you know sticks up on the drums. <laughs> And don't get the don't get the microphone shadow on his face. I'm standing there t- tell him like I know even how to point a camera at something. And but it's all this knowledge I picked up from you, which is really good. And I think that's that's good that your like your work in life now, other than being a photographer, is you also are an author. And that comes from your experience and that you can sit and write books. And, and I've got a question about that later on in the interview for both of you. And also you still teach as well, don't you? you you're doing local, you do yeah. classes locally at camera, I have, camera shop. I, yeah, I have a local camera shop that um, uh, I really like. They have a little area set aside for um, little classes and teaching. And they do the basic um, introduction to cameras and intermediate cameras but they i come in once in a while i'll do something on nikon flash systems or concert photography or um you know general event stuff and um it's nice it's it's fun and and a nice little you know 12 14 people and and you can kind of do a little hands-on and uh hands-on with the camera gear and um <laughs> you know uh and you, you, it, it's a it's a nice way to do it and and it really is I do really love the local camera store concept. I love being able to go into a good camera store and talk to the people behind the counter and just go in and and discuss new technologies, discuss what's coming out, discuss, you know, when we think companies have made giant mistakes or they've done something really cool or, you know, and, and to be able to go and have that discussion at a local professional level camera store and to have the classes there is fantastic. It's, it's, um, it's not shopping on it's not amazon i mean you know it's yeah. not shopping at, at a at a giant store on the internet where you're not getting any help you're actually being able to speak to people to me that's a that's a wonderful community um mm. uh, you know that alan there's one thing in fact dave this is one thing that um just want to pick up on that you when you were speaking to alan you asked him uh you were talking about the new generation i forget the phrase you actually use now but the the new uh, like the new guard yeah the new guard and you said and you kind of yeah. you basically said that the new guard have have realized now that it's best to share and stuff like that now when you said that i don't know if you thought the same alan but i mean i'm somebody who shares a lot i give away a lot of stuff and like to teach alan does the same uh dave you're teaching now as well i i it was never a conscious decision for me if i'm speaking for myself now that i thought hey i need to start sharing now because if i share then you know, it was just a natural yeah. thing. It just it just felt like yeah. a natural thing to do. Would you say that was the same with you, Alan? You, you, I, oh. I get the impression you haven't gone and done it because you're thinking of an ulterior motive. It's just a natural thing that you would do. Yeah, it was never it was never a part of my plan. Teaching was never something that I thought. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach. I'm gonna instruct. I'm gonna any mm. of that stuff. It, it was never part of what I. It was never on my radar at all. Mm. Um, it came about really generic generically instead of, a, um, you know, something that was there. I mean, the, the conversation I had once with, with a guy who we were, we were waiting in a parking lot. He was a um, equipment. Dodgy. Yeah. <laughs> he was an equipment. Uh, he, he, was a, he had a, a house, a, a grip house, where basically he had a load of gear you could rent in San Diego, and we were um, on a shoot with Joe McNally. This is, uh, you know, one of those. One of those yeah, it was one, well, yeah. it's one of those moments where you're like, oh, oh I'm, 
you know, it, and Joe has become a friend of mine through Photoshop world, but he was in San Diego. He was doing something. Um, he needed an assistant. I was around. Uh, he said, do I know anyone? I said, yes, me. And um, I'll come and help, you know? And so we were sitting in a parking lot and we we're talking about, it, and he said, people are coming in now to his group house to rent some stuff because they're going to go shoot their first wedding. And then their question for him was, okay, we're going to shoot our first wedding. So how long after that do we get to tell people how to shoot their wedding? And he, he's like, oh yeah, he, he was saying that, that the, the, new, the new goal was to become, an, to become a teacher, to have training videos and to do it. But they had kind of missed that whole first part where you need to actually be a working professional photographer first oh, man. so you can get the experience. And that's one of the things that nowadays with, you know, with YouTube and the cost of the low cost of entry, you can now have your own training channel. You can have your own yeah. outlet. You can reach people, you know, in some cases it's three or four people. In some cases it's, you know, thousands of people. Um, I started out as a photographer. I'm still a photographer first. Mm -hmm. So I'm yeah. not going to write about something that I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go out and be like, oh, I'm now going to do, you know, a, a book on. Um, Weddings. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, I've worked on a few wedding books, but that's a different story. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to write a wedding, uh, Alan Hess wedding photography book. It's not going to yeah. happen because yeah. I shoot one wedding every two years because I'm, I got friends who get married and, and, you know, and I try to talk them out of it, but. <laughs> I do. I, I really try to talk them out of it. I'm not a wedding photographer, but they like the style. I thought you they meant like talk them out of getting married. Uh, no, I like marriage. <laughs> marriage has been great for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and me. Yeah, and me. It's the best thing that's happened. I mean, <laughs> that's why I was um, surprised. Yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> I try to talk them out of hiring me as a wedding photographer because it's not really my stuff. It's not what I do. It's not my, Yeah. Uh, you know, and um, you have to have a very uh, open personality about it you have to deal with things that it's just i'm much more comfortable shooting in the dark in a concert where i don't have control over stuff i'm much i was gonna say when the reception comes and the wedding band are on you're in your yeah, element i'm fine <laughs> they're yeah. like the band. yeah here's two of the bride but here's 16 of the drummer yeah. he's awesome <laughs> <laughs> so i've got a, i've got a follow-on question from that because you touched on youtube about about sharing and obviously you're uh, we won't say how many years you've been a working photographer, but obviously a big thing that's happened in your world in, during your lifetime is the internet and the fact that that is such a big player now in, in, the, in the industry because, you know, our podcast is based around a lot of things we see on the internet as opposed to what we talk about. So one of the things I know Glenn and I had noticed that we'd spoken to you about was how you... How do you, how have you used the internet to your advantage, particularly not just a website, but with the like social media? It's still new, I guess, in some respects, but there's always new things coming out. So how have you adapted to that side of it? I, I feel like I'm a little behind on the, I always feel like I'm like six months behind on everything. It was like, if, by, the time I, by the time I was on Instagram, you know, people were like, had you know three million followers on snapchat on i'm not i don't have that yet it's it's snapchat's a little new so i'm gonna you know let's see how it matures yeah. um you know it, it, i went on facebook for the first time because a friend of mine was in a band and he's like i need followers and there's this thing called facebook so i was like great i'll be yeah. a follower and then i ignored it for three years you know um i have found that now i use uh i use instagram twitter and facebook those are the three that i i use all the time um and i I use Instagram mainly for posting pictures, uh, 
and most of them are not taken with my smartphone. They're my yeah. professional level pictures taken with a Nikon, either um, edited in Photoshop on my computer or edited in Snapseed or something on my phone and then posted um, uh, posted to Instagram. And I, and I really liked originally, I really liked the square that Instagram was all square. You could only post square yeah. photos. So nowadays, every one of the photos that I post is still square. I either add, uh, I'd like to think of them as the black borders on the top or yeah. the sides so that it still stays the same ratio. So everything is square. It kind of suits my my brain, you know, as if I if that's how I took it, that's how I want it to be seen. And since Instagram does it, I, I add the black borders myself. One of these yeah. days, I'll really advance, and I might add white borders to some of them. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. It's white so, vignettes. Like, yeah, white vignettes. Yeah, and then bunny ears and a bunny nose. But the, you know, the interesting part was that I, um, you know, I, I listened to your the earlier one of your earlier shows. You were talking about hashtags and, and all that stuff. And I, one thing that bothers me visually is that I don't like to see a ton of hashtags under an image. It distracts yeah. me from reading the description. So I tend to be one of those guys that hashtags thing uh, like like Nikon and concert and you know two or three yeah. generics. And one of the reasons that I did that was never to have people. Oh, look, he's using you know Nikon camera. It was basically like I didn't want people to think that I was taking that photo with my with my smartphone. Oh, right. I, okay. I, 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 my, for me, it was just like this is a shot taken with an actual camera. It's not taken, you know. I didn't find some magical iPhone. Yeah, you know, nine and a half. Low light. Yeah, that suddenly you know I can get. Other phones kind of are color. available. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. <laughs> so, so for me, it was always like this is. I'm just tagging this with with Nikon, so people understand that I'm posting more of the professional level pictures on it. So it didn't feel like it was a cheat. Um, and you're getting more work from that I now, did, aren't yeah. you? That's actually worked for you. It was it was interesting. It was especially after some of the some of the Comic Con stuff I did at WonderCon last year. Right after that, I got uh, inquiries, and people had obviously seen the pictures on Instagram and ended up, you know, leading to work. Um, but it's part of an it's part of an overall kind of thing. I try to post stuff on my website. I try to post stuff on Instagram. I try to post stuff on Facebook, and and kind of tied all together but um i really hate the idea of buying followers i hate the idea of, of oh yeah because i mean you know people coming off like oh you can get 100 million followers if you you know send us 49.99 you know whatever whatever it is and yeah. i immediately delete it and i go through and i i check my followers to make you know once in a while it's not something that i plan on but i go through once in a while and make sure there's not a whole bunch of crazy you know um you know uh well, in this country, oh, it's a bots Russian bots kind of on the, you know, yeah. on, on, on following me. Um, I like it to be generic. I think it. I think if you follow someone, you should follow them for their work. Um, you know, and I like to let the pictures kind of speak for themselves most of the time. So your, um, so your social media then, Alan, is it fair to say that it is as opposed to being a social? Oh, here I am having a nice dinner out doing this, or here I'm on holiday. Yours is really targeted on a business and a promotion yeah. of like, here's a latest image, here's another image and so on. Right. That's, that is, yeah, that is my Instagram and, and mainly Twitter feeds are both, are both business based. Um, right. It's very, it's, yeah. it's different. I mean, you, you guys are both your own products as well. I mean, all three of us have worked for ourselves. So it's very yeah. difficult to take away Alan Hess, photographer and author from Alan Hess, 
you know, San Diego beach dog bum. owner. Yeah. San, well, San Diego beach yeah. bum, you know, owns two dogs. They're they're So I do post my pictures of my dogs and I do post some of the personal stuff and, um, but not a lot of it on Instagram, much more of that is on Facebook or I can kind of control who sees what, and I can, I have more control over my posts. Um, you know, and I, and I try to stay away from anything that's heavily political or anything that's heavily, um, religious or anything, you know, anything that's kind tough of, job. Yeah. Well, and you know, nowadays, I mean, it's, it's, you, you kind of have to, at some point I've realized that I have to take a stand, um, on certain things and I, I can't let my, I, I can't ignore certain aspects of what's going on in my country. I can't ignore certain aspects of what's going on politically, but I don't need to be the guy out there with a baseball bat hammering it in, you know, every time yeah, I post yeah. something. Um, there's a f- but you have made a stand for the industry, though. I've noticed that there's been a few times where, um, you know, I, as a non-photographer, it still interests me to see the problems photographers have. And I know there's been a few things come up recently that have been around contracts and about music photography where rights are being taken away and issues that are going on in in your industry particularly in music industry but it's, it's been quite interesting to see like you've made not made a stand you've not got any soapbox but you've shared something and given your thought on that not like hey i'm right but you've certainly opened debate for a lot of people because you you start to see the replies being yeah that sucks you know they should do this and they should do that rather than just slagging it off it's easy to ignore stuff. I mean, you can just, you can, you can go, Oh yeah, that was well, whatever. Fine. I'll just move on to the next one. But sometimes, you know, I, I get, I get, I get angry. I get that. I do get that <laughs> grumpy man in the balcony from the, yeah, you know, and, and I try I know somebody else like that. Yeah. I try not to um, be really over the top uh, angry all the time. Cause it's, it's probably yeah. not good for, it's probably not good for me. Um, to be worked up and sit in, you know, sit in my uh, my den here, and you know, bang my head against the wall or slam on the table and 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 rail about stuff. But on the other hand, a uh, couple of years ago, two last year, oh god, time kind of, you know, has this warpy feeling when you start looking back. Um, one of the bands I was shooting, you know, here's they had a release and they wanted to own everything, and I was shooting for the radio station for that day, and I said, listen, I'll shoot up until that band takes the stage, and. I'm not signing that. I'm not giving away my my rights to those images to to that for for no money. Um, and so oh, I, I remember no. this. Yeah, I, remember. You know, I won't mind the band, but I do remember this. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll mention the band because their release is hysterical. It was cheap trick, and they were still um, they still said if you shot transparencies or slides, you know, it was like the obviously that little piece of paper had been going since back in the '80s before digital and they still just believed that if you photographed them, then you needed to give them all your stuff. And that just wasn't going to happen. Um, now, I, I want to be absolutely clear for all those people who are going to you know, bag on me. I have worked for free in the past. I have given away images to people who I thought deserved them and who things I've worked with. I have worked for free to further my own career. Um, and I would be happy to give you all the images and the rights to the images and everything else um, for the right amount of money. I'm not opposed to. I'm. I'm not going to say that I'm. I would never sell the images because in the in the end, when I'm dead, what's it going to matter? I'd I'd much rather be able to go on a nice vacation or you know do something with it than say I never gave away the rights to images and then then I'm dead and I don't have any children. So what's going to you know? It's it's there's no point to it. Um, what I do dislike 
you know, one of those things is that there's a lot of people out there who are just really willing to give away everything for no return on their own side of it. And in the concert photography thing, we get, um, we get the fans. I think we, I think we just did that. Mate, yeah. <laughs> Dave, Dave just held up a piece of paper saying, can we have a pause? And we all pause to read it. So, hey, let's just take a quick break. <laughs> take a quick break. <laughs> we'll, we'll play our, our Rocky Nook ad. Yeah. Today's episode sponsored by Rocky Nook, publishers of great photography books by authors such as Scott Kelby, Alan Hess, and our very own Glyn Dewis. For your chance to win a free book, just leave us a comment. So, Alan, you were just uh, you were mentioning before that uh, break by Rocky Nook about fans were, and there's a sort of whole thing about working for free. So, sorry, just just carry on what you're saying about that thing. So, well, in in a, in, a, in my job, because I'm shooting um, bands that have fans, a lot of them think that oh, it'd be a, it'd be a fantastic job to be able to shoot for free. So they're they're really willing to um, forego any kind of copyright or any kind of ownership to the images their entire thing is oh my god i got to shoot my favorite band for free and that was you know the best thing ever um it, it, it's a little bit it can be a little bit um you know frustrating because you're you're like hey even if you're shooting your favorite band those, those images still have value and there's been a lot of you know devaluing of images um, and people willing to do it without money. That is probably the hardest thing that people have to deal with in the industry at this at this present time. It's it's the backside. It's the it's the it's the backside to the everyone can do it that I really enjoy is that everyone can do it. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's 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 because a lot of times people don't they don't really know what the images are going to get before or after. It's 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 a little different. You know, they're um, if you're a designer and you're starting out in, de in design work, you know, and, and you, someone hires you to do a logo and then you, you look at it and you're like, okay, that's not really what I was thinking. You know, they can go back and try to tweak it or you can turn around and go, listen, I'm just going to go find a different designer to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if you do a portrait or you do a headshot and you're doing, you know, something and they come in and it doesn't work, it never goes out, it never happens. Once the concert has happened, I can't, we can't get them to, yeah. to redo it in the same place and do it. So once those images are taken or the opportunity is missed, it's pretty much it's pretty much done. Th that's kind of like what we talked about in, a, in an earlier episode. We briefly touched on uh, people using weddings as a way of making money when they're just starting out. Once that, I mean, that's a massive responsibility. Just like it is, you know, photographing a band. If you say you're going to take the pictures and you're not that experienced, that risk of those pictures not turning out. Oh man, no, that's not something I'd want to do. No way. Well, as a professional, you're you're not you're you're judged a lot of times not on your best images and not on your worst images, but on the fact that you can put out consistent images. Right. So if, if they know, if you know, if you look at and you go, okay, so um, Dave has done oh at least three book covers I know of now. Um, you know, yeah. and, and, but you, you look at them and you go, oh yeah, you know, they're all different yet. They're all match the books yet. They all, okay. So if we throw a, if we want a book cover done or we want something, we know Dave can do it because we've seen that he's done it before. Yes. Yeah. And, um, we want a portrait done and we want it done in the style and we know Glenn's done it, you know, it, oh, we can look at the, the world war two stuff or we can look at the, you know, the, some of the other oh, looks, 
and we can go, oh yeah, so he's, yeah. he can consistently put out a portrait of that look. So if we're going to get an, a model or we're going to get an actress or we're going to get someone, we we know it's going to happen. You know, it's the same thing with me. If they yeah. look at me, they don't judge me on my, my best show or my worst show. They just judge the fact that everything I shot, every time I go and shoot something, I can get you a picture of that guitar player or I can get you something that's workable. And that's where the people coming into the industry don't quite have that yet. They, they might get really... Lo- Sorry, Alan, do you find we're talking about on your side of the camera, um, the people coming in and, and whether it's easier or harder, but have you found the people you're dealing with, do you think the industry has got better? Are they more knowledgeable about the working with photographers or do you think because younger people still keep coming in, it keeps knocking like one step forward, two steps back where you're doing all the things right but the management of the band, I mean, the, I know you've got a good relationship with your venue, but I know there's a lot of times the bands take, the band management takes over and that's where it gets messy. Do you think that's improving or do you still think that's just going to be one of those things, one of those battles you're always going to have as a good photographer? I think it's a battle I'm always going to have. Um, I, th- I think there's some that are out there um, that understand the they understand what the photos are worth they actually yeah. they actually realize that having uh a, a good image or a good set of images from something can really really help not just this tour not just but down the line that they can do stuff and having that relationship with a photographer really really helps and i, I work with some people like that and it's fantastic um i, I show up they say do what you want to do I do what I want to do. I go home. I send them images. They're always happy. Um, I get other ones. We shot a show the other night. Um, we shot three songs. The middle song, the performer lay on the stage on her back, staring at the ceiling. So we pretty much just stood in the back of the room waiting for the third song. Because, but I mean, you know, I, I don't have any control over that. It, so I, I don't. I I don't get mad anymore i don't get angry about it i I get a little frustrated but i let it go because there's there's literally nothing i can do i tell people i'm a frustrated i'm a very very frustrated photographer but most of the time uh i i tell them that i'm 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 a very lazy photographer because i've i have picked i have picked a photography to concentrate on where i don't have control of the subject i don't have control of the lighting I don't have control over how long I can shoot. I don't have control over where I can shoot from. I don't have control. I don't have control over pretty much any of it. Um, and yet I still decided that that's what I'm going to do. So I really took out all of the little things that make photography, um, you know, complicated and difficult. I pretty much changed like my shutter speed and my ISO and I get to concentrate on, on composition. I get to concentrate on the moment I get. So the the ones that recognize that they're they're great to work with the ones that don't recognize that at all they're they're a pain and frustrating to work with and at the same time i'm always looking forward to the next show more than i looked forward to the last one so yeah um, 
but you still keep going back. I mean, I've been, uh, when I went to visit, uh, I went to Adobe Max and I stayed with Alan and he took me over to the, is it, what's it called? The Casino? The Valley View Casino Centre. Oh, I still want to call it the Hill Valley Casino. <laughs> and uh, and you walked me around and you showed me the venue. And obviously, there's, there's, I think at the time there was it was set up for soccer and yeah. you have ice hockey. And like you said, you shot the Harlem Globetrotters. But what was really cool was as you walk around the concourse of the arena, the inside wall is plastered from floor to ceiling with photographs taken from concerts from the venue. And am I right in saying probably at least 90% of yours, if not 100%? All the, uh, all are the all... inside ones are mine. Yeah, there's, there's 16 yeah. of them. They're 22 feet long by 12 feet tall. I have, I have physically, I have one of the biggest galleries of images because when you walk around, there's 16 of these giant. Wow giant images and then there's a whole bunch of other ones plastered around inside in various places and the outside wall is all taken from like the 70s and earlier from the newspaper clippings and stuff so they try to make it a little bit like the the new era and the old era in the same building and it's a it was kind of funny i was walking around there the other night with someone and he's like he turned one of the pictures and he's like man that's such a kick to see you know this giant taylor swift image you know 22 and i i on it i looked at him i said you know what i I see them all the time. It's kind of become a little numb to it. And sometimes it takes someone looking at them, you know, with a fresh eye or, or, or being like, Oh wow, that's really cool for me to stop for a moment and realize how actually awesome it is to be able to see your work, you know, um, blown up and, and, um, and plastering a building and seeing people take pictures in front of your images is, is a, is, yeah it makes me you know it, it was pretty oof. impressive it was it was quite cool especially when i can go like hey i know the guy that took that photograph yeah. <laughs> it was pretty awesome to to see them and they are every single one of them's killer well yeah, they're you all know, photographs. I, i've shot there for eight years and i've taken thousands and thousands of images to only have to pick your top 16 it's really easy to, to make sure every one of them is a really killer you know kick-ass image so yeah um, so uh, one other thing that um, we wanted to talk about that was kind of following on from from the beginning, Glyn's died. He's fallen off the chair. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. Um, obviously, <laughs> we were talking about uh, loves and loathes, and me and Glyn actually had a conversation this week about um, about photography and photographers, and it was the, the thing about where a lot of photographers have you know you have ups and downs i mean as a designer i know what it's like ups and downs is you 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 know you don't get any work then you know do you work for free to get more work but the thing with photography is some photographers want to just sit at home and wait for the phone to ring so when they um when the, when the work's not coming in they hit a slump and obviously glynn's picked up on a big thing and, and with his book is you know personal projects just in in those gaps if you're not earning then don't just sit on your settee moping you know find something to do because then when you start having your personal projects it will bring in more work or even like for you if you have a, a quiet period i know when you came over and visited us you were at you came and shot my daughter uh playing football you're you're always going out around san diego getting evening shots for your book all right you're lucky you get to write a book but in, in terms of ups and downs for you when when you are on an up i mean what's it what's it like what's the problem of having an up you know like at the moment you're shooting eight eight gigs back to back writing a book you're about to write another book uh you're probably teaching what's the what are the ups like 
how do you how do you manage all of that? The problem the problem with the ups is that it, it takes time. It's it's the it's the time thing. Um, so when I'm when I'm really going when I started writing, um, I, I'm not very fast at it. You you know I, I remember hearing an interview with uh, Scott Kelby you know and he's like oh, I can has written some of his books is written in like two or three weeks. I, I in two or three weeks I've managed to come up with a title page. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, the, the thank you, <laughs> the acknowledgements, you know, I, so it, it takes me a while, it takes me, a, it takes me a while to get these things done. And then it starts cutting into time. I want to spend with my wife, time. I want to spend with the dogs, time. I want to spend going out and you know, we don't, we don't have children, but we've got the four legged furry type and, you know, we want to yeah. actually spend time, um, doing that, uh, vacations we hadn't taken a vacation until for years um I, I joked my one vacation was she joined me out in atlanta did photoshop world and after that we took a vacation for a week we went to see friends and we went to a wedding in mexico last year those were like the two vacations you know that i that i'd been on um i did get to spend some time in uh england last summer so that was kind yeah of fun. i got to Went to an English pub. Oh, that was fantastic! <laughs> whole, whole different conversation. Um, so th- it's really kind of a it's really kind of a time thing. I start feeling a little overwhelmed when I have all these things coming up, and then I then I start hoping for a break where I will have a couple of days where I can really sit down and concentrate and do the writing and do the editing and turn in the stuff and do the bookkeeping and the business side of stuff. And um, so I try really hard now to um, when my wife. You know, when it's when we're going to bed at night, we we don't have a TV in the bedroom. We're not going to go watch TV and lie in bed. It's like, um, so I try I try not to sit up in my office late at night anymore. That was a big thing yeah. that I used to do all the time. Is that I mean I know you guys are doing it right now because I'm California and you're in you know, England, but um, yeah. but I you know I used to stay up till three four o'clock in the morning working, and then I go to bed, and then my wife gets up at six o'clock and she goes to work. So we're, we're literally living like two bizarre roommates in the same house i, I, rem- yeah, I remember alan i remember you saying that once when you s- used to start seeing me posting in the morning you knew it was time for you to go to bed <laughs> i was like it's it's uh it's you know Green's posting at 10 a.m in london it's two o'clock in the morning for me it's I, I i need to get you know i need to get to bed and um i've really tried to change that that was a real conscious like do the work during the day even though it's tough with the other things going on so that i can kind of have that personal life because what is the point of doing all the work if you're just doing all the work yeah yeah totally you know that that was kind of that was a big one on on the ups um and then when i'm on the downs which happens less and less this year which is a good thing but a couple of years ago with some changes in the industry and some changes in the publishing industry i had a book contract that you know got removed well the, the basically got removed and i you know saw all the work i had suddenly went away and I looked around and I was like, I have no work for the next six months at all. I had work. It went away. Now I have no work, which means I have no income. Um, so yeah. I had to hustle. And, the, and those downsides, you start, you start praying for the days where you're really, really busy. But, you know, I, I worked on some personal projects. I worked on updating some website stuff. I worked on shooting as much as I possibly could. Um, staying uh, up to date on the technology so that when sort of things started turning around um i wasn't now behind anymore i didn't sit around and and just complain you know well, i did for a little while mm-hmm. I, I, I think you're allowed good, to 
Yeah, yeah, good two days, you know, sitting on the couch going, you know, this is terrible, woe is me, life is horrible, you know, maybe I should go work in a restaurant, you know, kind of. And then after a while, you're, you start reaching out to all the people you know in all the industries and the people who've hired you before, and you say, listen, I've got some time, you know, do you need anything? And you just kind of do that until someone does it. Um, you know, I always thought it'd be, I always thought uh, that when I wrote my first book, and uh, anyone who's written a book could probably appreciate this because this is, this is the mindset. I'm like, I got a book contract. I wrote a book. I'm a famous author. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting the truck to show up with the money. Yeah, I'm still waiting. Gonna, I'm still waiting, mate. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna dump. You know. See, I just I just design book covers and get paid straight away. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I pick the, I pick the best route into it. I just like yeah, I do the front. Like, judge judge the book by the cover. I don't care about the content. <laughs> I've been paid. Move on. Next book. Well, you know, and, and it's a it's a it's a it was a really cool thing, and and there are upsides to it. But I was really like my expectations in reality were completely not in line with you know i had this thought that i was just going to become instantly famous um i was yeah. just going to become in i was just going to become instantly famous and they were going to back the truck up and i was going to be rich and you know it'll be it'll be stephen king alan hess jk welling <laughs> you know um not not quite well you get mentioned in the ad for rocky nook yes i do thank you we do much. say books such as scott kelby alan hess and glenn yeah. Dewey. <laughs> you're famous in our eyes yeah, uh, you right. know it, it's but it's not really about it, it. I realized after a while that it became it's one of those things on the down on, when it becomes slow is that having the books out there keeps your name out in the in, in the public. It keeps your name in the industry. And yeah. long after I'm gone, I mean, I still think that concert book that I wrote will, you know, it still will stand the test of time because it, it's yeah, it just it's a great book. Uh, we've talked about a lot, but one thing I'm picking up here, Alan, one, one great piece of advice if the listeners are going to take anything away from this is what you said about when you have that six month of like, oh my God, they've got no work. But rather than sitting on your laurels, sucking your thumb and thinking, oh God, I hope the phone rings, you were still going out, still doing stuff, which I think is a, is a, is a you know great bit of advice for anybody to take away um, to keep yourself busy. And it's really interesting what you said about keeping up with the technology so that when things did pick up again, you were still at the top of your game, knowing what was happening and you could just carry on when the work came in, there was never going to be like a having to restart again. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's a, that's a good thing. But talking about the keeping, yeah. keeping busy and all that kind of stuff, what, what is, what is ahead now for Alan Hess? What have you got planned for the remainder of, let's say 2018 or whatever? Finishing up a project with Rocky Nook uh, this week. Um, this was not one of my books. This was, I came in to, um, to help uh, on another book as an editor uh, just basically having a second set of eyes and, and doing a little bit of uh, some screen captures and some revision work on, on one yeah. of the chapters. But next up, um, I'm working on a book that's already listed on Amazon, so that's kind of a little bit of a, of a pressure cooker, but I'm really looking forward to it. The next one is, is, a, is a book called Make Great Photos, um, and it's a, it's a book for basic photography, um, not really aimed at a professional, not really aimed at... And a lot of the photographers I know, this is aimed at people who have a, a DSLR or a good compact camera, and they just kind of want to take better pictures. 
Um, there's a lot of books out there on how to be a professional photographer and, you know, taking your pictures on to that level. This book is aimed really for, for people like Dave who want to go out and, and learn how to take, you know, better photographs. They're not interested in being an actual professional photographer. Yeah, that's what we said when, when we were talking to, uh, when I was talking to Alan and Rocky Nook when we, when we were discussing the cover was we kind of, I think we ended up changing the format of the book through the conversation because I said the trouble is with, uh, a lot of books now and a lot of stuff on websites is the pressure from the from the first moment you buy a camera the pr- the pressure is to be an award-winning photographer you know you just you because you own a camera doesn't mean you should feel be, you should feel pressured to be a photographer you know i own a camera i'm not a photographer i wanted a book that would just help me enjoy photography rather than the you know the seven tips to being an awesome photographer and the six secrets to make you know take you to the next level this book is is for me it's it's to make great photos a friendly guide and journal for improving your photographs the idea being that the book will help me understand my camera what i'm what i'm trying to achieve with some examples but one of the, the conversations we had was you know i've got a bookshelf full of books and they're lovely and the thing is you buy them and you've got some behind you glenn and you alan is we buy these lovely books and then we put them on a shelf where as a photographer i want a book that's not too expensive that i can throw in my bag and i can go out and think oh right okay i'm outside it's a bright day ah all the background's too bright how do i get around this pull the book out go to the chapter about um exposure but there'd also be a blank page where I can make some notes that would remind me what I did or or a particular setting that I made. So that when I go back, this book becomes like more like a photography journal that that helps me work. But also I can add my own notes as well. Because I know you, Glenn, you, when you first started doing your Photoshop, you kept notebooks. You took tips out. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to be a brilliant book. And I am actually going to be, you know, my camera has not been out of my bag for so long it's embarrassing my my project this year when this book comes out is i'm gonna go from cover to cover and use it to see if i can become a better photographer without the pressure of being a photographer yeah i'm I'm really happy about this and i'm really excited to start working on it uh you know in depth and getting getting the rest of it all uh sorted out and all the pictures taken and and the final product there's as Glenn well knows, there's a great point when you open up a box and see your new book sitting there or you get to put it up on the shelf. It's really a quite, quite a great feeling. So what else have you got other than the book? Have you got any, um, I know you've got Comic-Con this year that you already registered for that. Yeah, I have Comic-Con coming up this year. Um, it's my 34th year. I've been going since I was a teenager. Um, well, kind of going to date myself there, but yeah, back in, in Comic-Con from the 80s. Um, but before that, I have uh, WonderCon and then Comic-Con. And then this year, um, it looks like I might be doing some traveling uh, later on to Nashville for a job, which is kind of exciting because I've never been there before. So I'm looking forward to to heading off to Nashville and, and um, covering some work there too. And where can people find out about more about you? So where are you posting things like that where they can see what you're up to? My main website where you can find out what I'm up to and where I usually post most of the current information is alanhestphotography.com. Um, but I'm, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. But uh, this is going back to that. I didn't really know 
what I was doing when I started out with the social media. So on uh, on Twitter, it is uh, Shot Live Photo, yeah. which is my original um, business name. So at Shot Live Photo. Um, on Instagram, it's Alan Hess. And um, just one word. And uh, my yep. website is alanhessphotography.com. Well, cool. Alan, listen, I, I, you know, it's obviously it's, it's getting late here. The day's kind of halfway through that. I'm sure there's a nice beach somewhere you're going to head down to. Not jealous at all. I've just looked at my phone here. It says minus one degrees here now. That's just not good. <laughs> so it's made me want to wrap this up. <laughs> but listen, Alan, thank, thanks so much, mate. You are, as we always say, you are one of our brothers from another mother. Do you know what I mean? You are. It's yeah. uh, for me. If I was going to say what I love about this industry, it's the people I've met, and I've really close. You know, Absolutely. I kind of uh, put my hands together the fact that we became friends so early on. So you are a top fella. You really are a top fella. Yeah, I second that. I really appreciate you both having me on your brand new podcast. It's uh, it's been really fun to sit around and and have these discussions. Um, very similar to how we actually have discussions when we're sitting around in person. So. I think that comes across. I think it's really entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> we probably couldn't record those conversations, though. So, <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of uh, good information out of these. Um, well, you know, except for my, you know, ramblings and ravings. We've had our minds changed lots, mm. lots of times mm. where we've had a good chat. But, you know, that's what the industry is about is making good friends and having a good network. And, uh, and then you get cheap guests for the show. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, come on, let's wrap this up. Let's let Alan get on with his life. Yep. <laughs> Alan, from me, mate, thank you so, so much for your time, buddy. We'll definitely speak again soon. Yep, and from me. Thanks, Alan. It's always a pleasure to sit down and talk to you too. Cool. Right then, folks, thanks very much for tuning in. We'll see you next week or hear you next week or you'll hear us next week. Uh, let's see you. See you now. Bye-bye. Yeah. This week we're going to play about with something a little bit special and this is a song off my dad's album, Learning the Blues. Take it away, Johnny. Well, the south side of Chicago is the baddest part of town And if you go down there you better beware of a man named Leroy Brown Now Leroy more than trouble He's down about six foot four All the ladies call him treetop lovers All the men just call him sure He's a bad, bad Leroy Brown The baddest man in the whole downtown A badder than old King Kong To wait them diamond rings in everybody's nose. They got a custom continental. He's got an elder Rado too. He's got a 32 gun in his pocket for fun. He's got a razor in his shoe. He's bad, bad, Leroy Brown, the baddest man in the whole damn town. He's better than old King Kong. Well, Friday by 
was shooting dice At the edge of the bar sat a girl named Doris An old that girl looked nice Well, he cast his eyes upon her And trouble soon began And Leroy Brown learned a lesson About messing with a wife of a jealous man He's bad, bad, Leroy Brown man in the whole downtown about an old King Kong and a meaner than a junkyard dog Well, the two men took to fighting and when they pulled them from the floor Well, Leroy looked like a jigsaw puzzle with a couple of pieces more And it's bad, bad, bad Leroy Brown the baddest man in the whole downtown was battling old King Kong. 